I'm trying to I'm trying to look straight, even though my thing's over there, and so it's throwing me off. Mm -hmm. again. Hey nerdies, welcome to Crossover Reviews, a nerdy bunch cross-nerdy sports podcast where we discuss scripted and non-scripted content set in the world of sports. My name's English Dave, and helping me get the confidence to try and reserve the window table is my co-host from the Nerdy Sports, Tim. What's up, Tim? Let's do it. Yeah, we definitely need that window table for Nate. I'm so proud of him. He's finally, you know, coming into his own. Very so happy proud. to talk about this episode with you. And, and and not necessarily going down the path that we were presuming. We could still go down that path, but mm -hmm. I thought this episode was going to lean into like Nate kind of, you know, getting a bit overconfident and over cocky. And I'm like, I'm happy that uh, we didn't go down that path. Again, once mm -hmm. again, this show continues to, to, to subvert expectations, mm -hmm. taking typical narratives that we've seen so many times and then kind of like twisting it in, in new ways and new places, which always makes me love, love this show. Uh, as you know, we're talking about Ted Lasso episode. What's episode? Is this is four or five? Five. Five. Episode five. Yeah. Rainbow. So, right. Love this episode. Yeah. Another Beatles great song. Another great, great, great episode. Um, mm -hmm. I was talking to Tim off 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 podcast. I was talking to Tim off podcast um, about how I love the thematic nature of these episodes in this season. Uh, uh, I, th I think you can agree that I think one of the major themes of this episode was about being yourself. Yeah, true to Higgins who you said. are. Yes, exactly. Being, mm -hmm. I think every character, or, or at least the characters that had focus in this episode, on some way learnt about being themselves, being true mm -hmm. to what they want in life. You know, mm -hmm. even, even the kebab man, you know, like mm -hmm. everybody. <laughs> and I really, really enjoyed this episode. But again, we start with Nathan, and I think he gets, you know, past couple of episodes, he hasn't had much focus. I think this is probably the most focus he's had this season so far. Uh, what did you think of this episode's focus on Nathan? Well, as our previous podcast, I'd mentioned that I was hoping that we're going to get here soon. There seemed to be a lot of, uh, you know, lines drop that we were going to talk about Nate a lot more in the near future. And I thought Keely and Rebecca, their relationship, their like power female dynamic would bring that out of him. But at the same time, all of a sudden, she's just like, be assertive, be confident. But yeah. then he goes into the bathroom. I'm like... A little, a little confused about this. So he goes into the bathroom, acts big, just as Rebecca told him to do, and then he spits at himself. I just don't understand why, like that would like hype you up. Like he's almost like, you got this, you got this, mm -hmm. Nate. And then he spits in the mirror, like literally I, I saying it, that he's going to spit at himself. I'm totally confused by that part. I look at it as, <laughs> as when Rebecca says to him, because Rebecca says to him, like you know, that mm -hmm. whole spiel of this is what I do. And I love when Keely's just like. I love you. Let's go invade France. Keely <laughs> like, uh, is so turned on by Rebecca. They, All the time. They would definitely, yeah, yeah. Well, at the All end, where she's like, "Stop flirting. Tell me you own a a a, a football team and yeah. you're fit." Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because so, the guy on banter is like, you know, what's your team? What's your football yeah. club? And then she's like, "Oh, that's too personal. Just right, to right. flirt a little." It's like you're on the edge. Just dive in. Just get in there. Right, right. And yeah. we get to Rebecca too because I, I like her yeah, journey yeah, within course. that. But you know, you mentioned when she does tell uh, uh, um, Nate, you know, just be assertive, and I love that because that's what a lot of people think when someone's like isn't assertive just saying be assertive isn't going to make them assertive like you can't just say it it was easy mm -hmm. for you. it's well easy enough for you and i like that she tells her story to him like yes i'm it may seem easy to me but yeah. i've been in situations where i felt the smallest person you know have you ever been in a room full of, of chairman 
No, yeah. you know, like that kind of thing. But she, again, she doesn't do it in an aggressive manner, but just to teach him that from the outside, it looks like I have everything together, but I have to do this to get myself together. You can do it. But again, going back to your confusion, I read it as she says to him literally, that's what I do. Find your thing. Yeah. I think that's kind of part of yeah. his thing. Maybe you know, you can we can analyze it and look at it. Maybe he kind of like he's spitting at his used to be. It's like this isn't who I am, and I'm spitting that away. I'm spitting again. There's so many ways you could look at, but that's just his way. It's his thing, and it yeah, worked yeah. for him. Um, even yeah. gave him the confidence to ask the the lady out on a date, but maybe a bit too mm-hmm. confident. But you know, I like to try. Mm-hmm. I like mm-hmm. the attempt. You know, <laughs> she's like Keep I'm going. picky. He's like she's like I'm yeah. picky. Like so am I. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he said that many times. Right, right, right. <laughs> but again, I, I I love the subtleness of it all as well. Where the reason he's doing all this is also to impress his parents, mostly mm-hmm. his, da- his dad. Right, and I, yeah. I like it. By the end of it, you get that his dad is like, "Okay, fine, good job." Yeah, you know, and then, then his he, mom's even defending him. Yeah, and then yeah. Nate gets the table and he whistles them over, yeah. and his dad's like, "I'm not a dog." I'm not a dog. <laughs> but, I love but that I'll, line. But I'll still come over. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Speaking of dog, I love when he's Nathan. Trying. When Nathan, when 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 uh, um, Ted is trying to you know find another big dog to talk to, mm-hmm, to Isaac, mm-hmm. Nathan's like, "I'll do it," <laughs> and, and he, he just laughs in his face. It's like, "Oh, that wasn't a joke." He's like, "You knew it wasn't like, a no, joke." No, no. It's like, "Oh, you knew it wasn't a joke." Yeah, he's like, "Oh, my bad," <laughs> but no, but no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not the big dog. I need, I no. need Roy Kent. Yes, let's go to Roy. Uh, his story as well. Again, yeah. going back to someone who 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 has to learn that. Just because you're good at this doesn't mean that's what you want. Go for what mm-hmm. you want, you know. And Ted is trying to push uh, Roy from for episode one, right? Not from today. This is episode one. Ted's been trying to push for Roy to come back in some capacity. He's been pushing him to come back, so he's been pushing him and pushing him and pushing him. And this is where that's kind of like finalized in this episode with Isaac. Kind of, you know, he's the new captain, but he has kind of had mental barriers that's holding him back from really taking, you know, doing what he needs to do. And so he needs Roy's help. And so even though Roy helps, Roy tells Ted, I will never, ever come back. And I thought, wow, that's gonna, he's never coming back. You know, I, as the watcher of the show, I thought, well, they've cemented it. Roy's going to stay a pundit on this show, you know, through the entire season at least. And then mm-hmm. just that switch of realizing, and this one will come to you and, like, you know, talk to you about passion, right? You know, a lot of athletes, and these, these are, this is where I like the show as well, that narrative, when you leave the sport but you're still young and you still have this passion in you. It's not like you're retiring in your seventies and eighties. You know, how do you like that approach to kind of Roy realizing that, you know, when he says, we're just standing out here commenting, we're not there with them and realizing mm-hmm. that he needed to be there. What do you think of that whole narrative? I think you hit on an amazing point right there. Um, at least me as a sports fan, mm-hmm. as a sports nerd, and that's why we come together to share these ideas, these perspectives. <laughs> I always think of it as like within my career, you know, I work for an insurance company and usually like I'll reach the peak of my career when I'm like 40. And at that point in their life, unless you're Tom Brady or LeBron James or Ronaldo, boom, you're crashing down and your career's over because your body can't handle it anymore. But you're still sharp enough to be a coach. So a lot of guys go into coaching, you know, whether it's football, they become like even a just defensive back coach. But with Roy Kent, he's like, no, no, no. I don't want to join Richmond. Want nothing to do with Ted. Want nothing to do with Coach Beard. Want nothing to do with Jamie Tart. Anybody. But all of a sudden, like helping out Isaac makes him realize what he really wants to do. And he's always mocking these pundits. Like, we don't know anything. We always project what's happening. And, you know, I always laugh about it, whether you're watching first take. Like, they don't 
actually know what's going to happen. You never know. It's sports for a reason because it's real life. It's not scripted. Manchester United could be the best team in the world, but still lose to, you know, anybody, even Norwich. Like it's, you never know what's going to happen. So, you know, they project, he's like, so what's going to happen with this 17 year old? So like, well, he's 17. So he's probably going to eat chips for dinner and a little wank before bed. It's like, I don't know. It's like, what's going to happen. It's like, he's Mm -hmm. just a 17 year old. And we're going to pronounce him as like, Oh, well, yeah. If he stays on this trajectory, he could be the greatest of all time. And, we like to project and anticipate and what's going to happen. Yeah. We get mad when yeah. they don't reach it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, wait, no, is he's just an average player. It's like making $10 million a year. Like good for him. Like he's killing mm-hmm. it in most industries. But so it's those two things. It's like the confidence that you are in your best. As Tom Brady always says, like you have the answers to the test right at the end. He's like, why am I going to retire? If I know exactly what's going to happen. I could win a Super Bowl at 44 years old. Or your body just can't handle it anymore. Like Roy Kent, like he's hobbling his way onto the pitch because like his knee is just done. (laughs) He's absolutely done. And, uh, but at the same time, he wants to give back and wants to have some sort of impact. And we all do, but he's just like, he's tough. But he can though. He can't, he does have an impact. And, and we see that throughout, even when, when, when at the end, when he goes to pick up, pick up uh, his, his ticket, Mm -hmm, (laughs) and and the little kid looks at him and he's like and the little kid is happy that's an impact we've seen him impact kids throughout this whole season you know including his his niece and so Roy's the kind of person that's realizing more and more that because I have an impact I need to do something I can't just sit here and do no, do nothing. You know, he he actually yeah. likes helping people. Even when he says to the cab driver, you know, saying to him about you know, date your wife. You know that that line. You know, just throwing that out there, helping other cab driver. Don't just give it the cab driver. Like, yeah, she likes money as a gift. <laughs> <laughs> but again, I just think that Roy is like low key, like this, like this heart of the story. That as much as he's the most aggressive guy, you know, oh, yeah. he, he's 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 not really. That's all exterior. He cares. He actually cares. You know, taking take. I love that he took Isaac. You know, back to the streets where they grew up. That was brilliant. When he's like, "Oh, I'm a professional now." He's like, yeah. "Get away from me!" Just because you're professional, these kids they play mm-hmm. real street. But when it gets knocked down, you know, like there's no referees here. You know, mm-hmm. we're playing just for the love and the passion. And Rory reminds him of that. But in reminding him, Rory remind he's reminded himself, which I love. Again, mm-hmm. the show again does a great job of of run communism. As uh, Ted mm-hmm. <laughs> puts it, romantic comedy. This whole episode also was a whole romantic comedy. It was like literally, even at the end, when Roy realizes what he has to do, leaves the place, and then the guy's like, yeah. Roy, are you going? He's like, I have to. And he starts running, <laughs> and the snow's dropping. Of course. <laughs> I loved it. Just as a film nerd, I was just like, yeah. wow, okay, yeah. they're really good. They're going. not shy about no. <laughs> you know, all the little subtle undertones. Not at all. Love it. Love That's it. what it's about. And okay. Ted's all about these romantic comedies. That's like mm-hmm. his, he, it's his time to shine soon. Of like he, he hides back, of course. We talk about all the time, like the jokes, the banter. It mocks, it masks this, uh, you know, insecurities inside and he's not dealing with his marriage or, you know, previous marriage, his difficulties with his son, since he doesn't live close to him anymore. And obviously like you could throw yourself into your career and it's easy to just be obsessed with being a coach and surrounded by all these players and creating an impact and sitting back like, Oh yeah, you could bring in Roy Kent, but you know, when Roy Kent like, has this idea to go back to the pitch to find your inner child again 
which reminds me of this commercial, maybe I'll get to in a second, but to stay on what I'm saying, um, he's not impacting as much as he wants to impact. Like Ted is, there's a, there's a gap between him and the team, even though he, he feels like he's the center of it all, but there's this big, I feel there's this big gap. And once maybe the doc could like get into those inner, you know, struggles he has. That's why the doc says something to him, right? I think he's noticing something. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. He's like, can I just keep score? You know? Mm -hmm. And he's like, zero, zero, you know, and a little jokes like, Mm -hmm. no, it's no, no. It's Mm -hmm. like, uh, but he's really not like pretty much of an impact on that Mm -hmm. side. He's like, okay, I know what to do. I can bring these people together. Um, but even like when I'm not sure they're, they're in the office and, um, somebody offered help and he's like, no, I got it. I got it completely. Maybe the doctor offered help. It's like, Hey, maybe I could talk to Isaac. Like, Mm -hmm. no, I got it. And then Nate's like, well, what's your plan? It's like, no idea. We'll Mm -hmm. figure it out. But he he wants to like take control of everything, Mm -hmm. even though he has no idea how to help everybody. But then I don't, I don't know how to really describe it. It's like, there's, there's something going on. Well, I see. I, I think you're on the right track, and I think mm-hmm. it's the narrative with the doctor. I think what's happening is she's realizing that he throws himself into helping other people or trying to help other people that he's not paying attention to himself. He's trying to be distracted yep. because if he's focused on Roy, he's focused on Nate, he's focused on Isaac. He doesn't have to worry about himself. What's going on with him? And that's why she says to him, "If you want to talk to me, you know, talk to me," because mm-hmm. everyone's talking to you. But who are you talking to? Mm-hmm. And I think he's trying, he's consciously or subconsciously he's trying to avoid talking about his divorce, talking about missing his son. You know, like he probably, we probably haven't seen scenes about when he's on his own, he's probably crying that he misses his son, you know, and, and, he, and, and he, he, he still had, you know, we, we're not sure right now where his feelings are towards his ex-wife, but you know, at the beginning, he still felt some kind of closeness to her, at least, you know, mm-hmm. that it felt like more, at least from his point of view, he felt pushed out of the relationship as opposed to being a mutual breakup from his point of view, whether that's true or not, that's how he can, you know, even when he mentions about the, 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 when he saw the couples therapy, he's like, I felt I was attacked by two people telling me I was wrong. So there's yeah. a lot of things going on there. And I think you're completely right, but I think he's just distracting himself. And as others start to realize that, as he starts to realize that they can, they'll be fine. They've taken, the team's taking care of themselves. You mm-hmm. need to take care of yourself. I think that's yep. where the narrative is going, and, I, and I'm, I'm interested to see where that, you know, how that plays out. Um, Rebecca, she's going through her story, you know, trying to find love herself, you know, true love, you know, and struggling mm-hmm. with the idea that she was someone who's like, nah, fuck that shit. They've got to, you know, material stuff was somewhat important to her, you know, and then now that's kind of shifting to kind of make her realize that, you know, stop trying to pretend and all this big stuff. Just be you. Be honest. And when she's, she, you know, I love the scene where she's just like looking for love, maybe, and she throws her phone. <laughs> you know, just like, you know, just she's just like nervous, and she's, you know, to put her real self out there. And that's true of any of us, right? And then we just put all of ourselves out there. And even when she talks to Higgins, and you know, she's like, "It's odd. I can't imagine you being young." He's <laughs> <laughs> like, "Yeah, a lot of people tell me that." <laughs> He's an old man at heart from right birth. from birth. Yeah, he, yeah. he comes with wise words. You know, best brand is mm-hmm. just being yourself. You know, just just being honest with yourself and just being honest. And 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 what I like is that the honesty works on all levels, right? Where Keely would tell her, "Be honest with yourself about what you want in terms of mm-hmm. do you want love." But on the other side, Keely's like, "Be honest with yourself that you fucking own a football club and you're fit as hell." You know, like honesty is the whole package, right? And and I love that again. It's not saying one or the other. It's just 
true honesty and again rebecca uh i i love the beginning of her narrative i love that she's a character as well that from episode one season one she was set up as an antagonist we weren't supposed to like her you know now it's just like top five yeah. top favorite characters for the show straight up you know yeah yeah um we like the growth you know and, and yes. seeing someone's real side and that's mm-hmm. what the show does a really good job at and I don't know if it's like perfect editing to make us like trick trick us as an audience, but when she's, you know, texting the guy on um, banter and all of a sudden it, it cuts right to Ted. Mm-hmm. Ted Lasso's texting. Uh so I don't know if that's uh... <laughs> you know, foreshadowing that they're gonna possibly date or maybe they are already texting and they're going to be freaked out by it. So like all of a sudden, like if she did respond, like, Hey, uh, you know, I own Richmond football club. He'd be like, what the fuck? uh, (laughs) I've been, (laughs) I've been texting (laughs) this Uh, woman. I've been bringing, you know, biscuits to every morning. I could uh, see, I could see an idea. I mean, I could see an idea where even if it's not Ted, the person who she's texting is someone that we know and they didn't realize that they were texting each other. I can't. I can't see that happening. I think that yeah. be, that would be hilarious. Yeah. Um, some funny moments, standard sound moments that I liked. Uh, da, 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 Danny, when when Keely's giving out the coffee, to, thanks to everyone. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> My mom His said mom I was born. Born <laughs> caffeinated. Yeah, it was the best. I was dying. I can't say. He's it. always ready to go. He's and then Nate there. again, another like. <laughs> Stab and Nate. It's like no, these are just for the, just the for the team, but for the players. Yeah, it's like yeah, I hate free coffee anyway. It tastes disgusting. <laughs> again, brilliant. <laughs> two two moments that stood out to me are brilliant comedy. And again, there's probably more, but just the ones that stood out to me. That was one of them yeah. because the layers of comedy the show does. Because that Nate moment happens just after the Danny moment, and Danny literally says, "No, I don't care about coffee." My sister, I think my sister, who also doesn't care about coffee, wants mm-hmm, to give it to mm-hmm. her son or something like that to get him started, something like that. And then Nate comes and is like, oh, I like coffee. He's like, no, you can't have it. It's for the players. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't want free coffee. So that, that lay of the joke of, you know, one doesn't want it, but gets it. And even earlier on, when Nate says to Keely, I want to be famous. Yeah. And she's like, no, that's not good. Famous people get free stuff all the time. You know, it's yeah. just like. The and they don't know what on. they want. They don't know what yeah. they want. It's like, it's like, well, you know, I want groupies, you know, maybe I want some groupies. <laughs> no, <laughs> Nate's so funny. But then it's like, oh, no, man. no, not, not that. Maybe that's not a good thing because, you know, I don't yeah. want to, he says something along the lines like, I don't want to be, uh, I don't want to treat them as something about treating women in a, in a negative light. <laughs> yeah. like, no, 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 yeah. that's not good. <laughs> um, I love the Sheffield Wednesday joke. Uh, we, have, mm-hmm. we have to have bring some uh, fish out of water. I don't understand British stuff jokes. And Sheffield Wednesday is the one joke of the week. Those who don't realize, yes, it is true. The team is called Sheffield Wednesday. And they were playing on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, where oh, else? Man. Nice little touch as well. The 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 um, Someone says to Ted, how are you going to do that? And he says, well, it's like a cross between a rhino and an elephant. Hella fino. And I was like, <laughs> I love it great <laughs> oh man that's love writing it. nerd jokes but right. there's a joke for everybody love you it know? Lo- you absolutely know? love it yes. absolutely love it uh what else there's another one. Oh, another touch it's not really a joke there's another touch that i liked when um and this is more british fans will probably recognize this more than american fans when um okay. isaac is playing in the in isaac is playing you know in the street street football mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
and Roy's talking about his past and that stuff. When he's playing in the montage, the song that plays is song two, Blur. Dun 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 dun. Americans probably recognize the song, but the connection is that you know there was a time when that song came out. It was connected to football. It was a soundtrack for FIFA. I'm not sure which FIFA at the time, like FIFA 2000 or one of the older FIFAs, early 2000, late 99 FIFA games. And so that was that song was synonymous with that game, and it was in all of the commercials. So it was like football, all that kind of stuff. So yeah. putting it with that was like a nice little connection as well, which I liked. Maybe it was like a FIFA Street game. Yeah, that's pretty much what that battle's like. Exactly, exactly. Street. Exactly. You got like a three on three, and you're in a <laughs> you know street pow pow. Which I like that, that touch, that touch. All right, here's where I'm confused. All right, my confusion, and I haven't mm-hmm. done any research, and I'm sure I, if you don't know, we can do research and address it in next week's episode. But that moment we cut to the old couple talking about the whole yeah, Titanic yeah, thing yeah. and stuff. They literally look okay. at the camera. So they break the fourth wall, which we've never yep. seen in the show before. It's never happened. And so True. it's not like a staple of the show. And it's almost like, so like they literally look at the camera, tell a story. It's almost like, I feel like what they, they're real people telling us a real story. As I, again, I haven't done any research. Um, what did you think of that moment? It kind of was weird for me. It was definitely one of those scenes that could have been in any episode it wasn't mm-hmm. attached to this episode at all it could have been mm-hmm. any match you know they show like a gay couple then a black couple then this whole couple and this whole couple goes you know straight down the barrel exactly like you said broke breaks the fourth wall and they talk about their story then they're like yeah we've been in litigation with titanic basically our entire life but we're in love together and it's all about being together so maybe it's like just talking about relationships and how they're not all like smooth or maybe it's just another connection to something in pop culture or maybe they come back future episodes and we get to learn a little bit more about them definitely i don't recognize them um they just seem like random fans maybe we're gonna learn more about them i i don't think so but yeah i don't you never know what's gonna happen yeah it felt like almost like something you throw after the end credits Mm-hmm. Yeah. A deleted scene or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. it felt like a literally like in real life a real thing. Like if you Google it, this is a real couple, and that's their real story. The only difference is they they don't support Wrexham. I'm Richmond because Richmond is in the you know yeah. is in the uh, team. Like so, it's just it was just so weird to me. And the fact that they're looking into the cameras, so it's like mm-hmm. you're talking. You know, like all those things you said could have been implemented within the narrative. So I'm just curious. It's not critique. It's just more like I'm just curious what the decision behind the scenes yeah. was to to that making that happen. Like. Yeah. Okay. It's it's almost sound like a political statement in some ways. Like, oh shit, should we call? To, should we also join this Titanic fight? Fuck James Cameron. <laughs> you know, like. Well, I don't know. <laughs> like what? <laughs> I'm sure you realize this. Most stories aren't original. Course, you know, they come from somewhere. You know, maybe it's you know like Kanye West. He like takes samples from all these '70s uh, jazz songs, and like he just he's crazy a genius as well mm-hmm. um but anyway like we we all sample from everything so mm-hmm. i'm sure there was one guy writing titanic he talks to this drunk couple at the bar and they say their stories like oh that's amazing maybe mm-hmm. i'll make this other little story about this where mm-hmm. you know i love the man that may not be the rich man you know or i'm just watching like outer banks right now it's another episode another show about a rich girl that you know is is talking to this other rich guy and then all of a sudden she yeah. actually falls for you know that's they call yeah, that's pokes. not like that's that happens all the time. That's not yeah. original. It's not yeah. original story. Yeah, one nah, per- nah. a couple that meets where one person's rich and one person is is, is poor yeah. coming together, and their family's not liking that. That's that's in stories all this time. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's not. 
so many yeah that's yeah. not the original exactly. but yeah it, it was a random scene it was just random it just but, pulled me out for a second i just i'm just curious as to what what was the decision behind that yeah i think we'll see you know i don't want to critique something until it's no. over yeah and, you know? and i've done no research i'm sure if i researched yeah. it as an answer that's like oh it makes sense almost like again they they they, they break they break the fourth wall in a in a comedic way in another moment mm-hmm. where uh, what's well, not really breaking the fourth wall but just addressing a real life uh, moment when Higgins talks about oh Ryan Reynolds and his business partner bought this other team they sent me a message but I don't know if it's a joke or not so I didn't respond <laughs> something along those lines <laughs> and didn't Ryan Reynolds re- respond he did and celebrities are buying teams all the time like LeBron James has like a minor you know uh, I guess uh, association with uh, Liverpool but yeah let me read ryan reynolds response right here so he mentions in a tweet he says it has come to our attention that in a recent episode of ted lasso our very real ownership of wrexham afc was called into question by an otherwise beloved character named higgins <laughs> and then it's like sort of like just mocking it in a way but totally approving like you're gonna use my name i'm all for it it's very on brand for ryan reynolds 100 oh, i love that yeah. see then that's the way you kind of dress and I, you know you know for that other scene i'm surprised they didn't address it that way but again i'll do some research and i'll get back to you listeners next week or if any of you listeners uh, already have the answer find us on social media at the nerdy bunch or at nerdy sports respectively um will also be in the description for, for this episode send us the answers we, we're, we're curious to see if any of you know um another moments i liked before we finish uh, when mm-hmm. roy leaves he's about to leave the the the, the studio and and george has this line about oh women should be driving and he's like uh, didn't you lose your license for because you're drunk driving he's like no i was allergic to my medication like, it's like oh, the same medication that made you piss yourself right <laughs> and i love roy for that because again roy's yeah. narrative with those kind of guys is they think because of roy's aggressive nature and the way he looks and everything he's like one of them and mm-hmm. every once in a while roy reminds you no I'm not like one of you. Like, I'll say my shit. I'll be honest. But I'll be honest about everything. I'm not honest mm-hmm. about just, I'm not, I don't pick and choose, you know. So I'll be honest here, but honest about you as well. You know, mm-hmm. so you want to talk shit, I'll talk your shit too. And I, and I love that about Roy. And it, it just it just makes me love his character that much more. And to finalize my favorite line with Roy, you know, when he finally comes at the end to kind of solidify that this was a romantic comedy or uh, like, like uh, um, uh, they call it uh, rom-communism. When it comes, you had me a coach. <laughs> and then Coach Beard is just like, like he's almost like he wanted to cry in that moment. Yeah. And now Nate coach. doesn't know what to do. He's got yeah. Roy right next to him. He's like, ah, oh, damn, I'm not the third coach anymore. <laughs> Again, which makes it interesting. Like, where are we going to take Nate's uh, narrative? And, you know, where, uh-huh. where, where is he going to go? Um, we want to, I'm, I, wonder, I wonder if we're going to find out if they won this match because it seems like they got this new invigorated energy. The team, Isaac, yeah. looked like he was ready to lead uh, as captain finally. I, I find it interesting um, that we still haven't really had much focus this season, at least, on the fans and the bar. We've kind True. of seen a little bit here, but not really kind of any kind of focus. Um, not necessarily that, again, it's not a critique. It's just a, a, something that I'm just conscious of. Well, um, there, were, I, there were two moments when it was like they're singing Jamie Tart, like the mm-hmm. whole audience is excited that he's back. Yeah. And the same with Roy Kent. They're yeah. excited to see that he's back. So yeah. they show the connection, maybe not the individual, you know, mates at the pub, but 
they are showing the overall interaction fans have and the excitement they have. They're like, oh, that's the guy we've been rooting for. He's finally back. Like, we're so excited he's back. And whether it's like Cristiano Ronaldo coming back to Manchester United, you know, that's where he was. That's where he grew his career and he became one of the greatest players of all time. And now he's back with his club. It's like Jamie Tart coming back or Roy Kent coming back to the club. Mm-hmm. As a fan, you're going to be super excited for your mm-hmm. a guy you used to root for. Mm-hmm. Um come back and you can refer him again. Like that's what that's about. And it shows the fanatics perspective in that way, maybe not an individual basis, but the overall excitement of the whole stadium coming together, chanting your name. Like that's what it's about. Speaking of, of fan excitement, when Roy tries to get mm-hmm. into the stadium and he finally gets his ticket and then he's like, no, fuck off. And she's like, Oh, you are Roy Kent. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, your mouth kind of looks like him. Yeah. Yeah. But he's like looking at him and doesn't until he says, fuck off. Yeah. That's where yeah, she yeah. realizes. Oh, okay. yeah. And of course, uh, the, the, the British owl joke that was set up at the very beginning and right at the end, what was that joke again? Oh, whom, whom? And he's like, worth the wait. I was just like the whole episode waiting on the joke for that. <laughs> oh, I love this episode. I absolutely love yeah. it. Uh, great, great, great episode. Love this show. Uh, look forward to next week. Let us know your thoughts on this episode and this series as a whole. I've recommended in the last couple of weeks, I think I've recommended like three other people to watch this show. None of them are actually sports fans. So go mm-hmm. see this is a show that, again, like I always say, you don't need to love sports to enjoy the show, but love of sports just makes you love the show that much more. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Dave. This has been an episode of Crossover Reviews, where we talk about, uh, where we talk and discuss scripted and non-scripted content in the world of sports. My name's English Dave, and as always, Tim. Keep it nerdy. Keep it nerdy, nerds. Peace.